there. Thanks for joining us on VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on about number 131. I might be one or two. I think I'm about right. Uh, you can watch us on you might be watching us on YouTube, listening on iTunes or Spotify. Thank you very much. And if you can leave a review, even nicer of you. Thank you for that. Uh, you know me, Steve Lillis. You know John Evans, who's on his phone tonight. I think he's rocking his VIP gear tonight. Yeah, doing it for, for the brand. You know, got, you know uh, got to keep the boss happy, haven't we? The other day, we was in the North East for a couple of weeks ago, and um, Jed, who, who does a lot of driving and running around at the shows and giving out passes, he had a big bag of VIP stuff. He gave most of it to Rustin Fakuli for all his efforts on the VIP show. And there was nothing 300 quid of the gear in there. There was one T-shirt suit left for me, and I gave it to Christian Lopez Flores the journeyman, the, who does such a good job, the Mexican, and what a good fella he is too. Anyway, um, and we've got, talking of good fellas, we've got one on this week. Uh, he's a man who bleeds boxing, um, speaks passionately, cares about the sport more than most things in life. I reckon he wakes up middle of the night when we're stressing about life and what problems he got. This guy worries about the future of boxing, I think. Well, he can tell us that. <laughs> it's a former British featherweight champion, Ryan Walsh. How are you, Ryan? I'm really good, thank you, Steve. Do you wake up in the night and worry about boxing? Well, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend, and yeah, I do. <laughs> she made me worry when she said something, and she's just a casual, you know, she's not even a casual. She just, she said something, and it burnt me. I just thought, I love this thing of ours. I love boxing, and just a casual comment of, oh, it's just too staged, and it's just too obvious, and it killed me. It's the most unpredictable thing that can be, if, if it's allowed to be. And if boxing becomes predictable, well, it's not the sport for me and it's not something I want to really be involved with. Well, you say that. Are we going to see you back in the sport again in the ring? And yes. If I wouldn't, if I wouldn't have got a little minor injury, um, I, it's my first one in 15 years. I've been 15 years a pro. I was flying. I was looking to be fighting in the airport and I um, had a proper freak injury accident. You know, I, I threw a punch, caught an elbow and ruptured my distal bicep tendon, which is I've never heard anyone do it. It's a complete freak. And, um, oh, yeah, it just set my left arm back a bit. But I carried on training. So I was probably, I was out at the gym only very, very small amount of time. Is that call coming through? Is that flipping me around? Hello? Yeah, you, yeah, you are. We can see you. Sorry, lads. Sorry, lads. It's my brother's ringing me. I did tell him I was doing this, but he's obviously we got shot to bits. So when when will you be back? You you, you had this freak injury. Fingers crossed. Well, this is it. Fingers crossed. The board won't be too like they'll be to be fair with me and realize that things you know life and I'll get my license back as soon as humanly possible because that's all I'm pretty much wearing. I'll get my license, get my medical, and touch wood. Fingers crossed. This might be potential late November, December, and I'd, I'd brilliant. I just jump at the chance to be back in the ring. So yeah. Ryan, when you say you, it's the first one in 15 years, now, you're an hard bastard, you, Ryan. Does that mean <laughs> you've never had an injury in 15 years, or does it mean you, you've oh. soldiered through many injuries before? Are you, are you a Terminator, yeah, yeah. or are you, are you harder than we think? <laughs> well, first off, it's my, it's my first injury in boxing. I had three in football. I, um, I had a cut in, in football, cut my eye, I broke an arm, and I pulled a muscle. I think that was before, one was when I was pro, I got a cut as a pro, but it was like eight stitches, no problem. Um, but in boxing, obviously you get these horrible little tweaks and little little things, but no surgeries, no, like touch wood, I had nothing until this. And this was such a freak thing. I've, 
15 Fishing, years. You're, you're I've, a, I, I, Ryan, you're a high contact fighter as well. You get involved, don't you? So to make it through 15 years training as you do and sparring a lot, that's it's crazy, that. That says high contact, you know? Look at that. I, well, my, <laughs> that's my brother's manly, but still, they take a good few. Uh, my missus come and watch me spar the other day. She's like, oh, you're getting punched. I was like, I can't believe it. Can you not see me? I was supposed to get punched. It's boxing. <laughs> Going to swim before you get wet, don't you? I think it's like Chris Eubank, when he had that horrendously swollen eye against Carl Thompson, you could still see it on him a year or so later. He used to call it his badge of courage. So you can call what the punches you take in there your badge of courage. That's it. That's exactly it. I'll, I'll use that one. Whenever I've got a Mac, I always say you should see the other guy every time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, we'll kick on. And I think you've got a lot to say, right, from the voice note you left me yesterday. It was mad because John said he wanted you on this week. And I'd already sent a message to you about an hour earlier. So, uh, just sure coming. <laughs> you was together, yeah. Thinking. There was only one man to speak about this this week. And, uh, John, have you got your clock and your bell ready? Oh, I, don't ready John. Gonna, I don't I don't think we're going to speak on round one. Over to no, you, No, no, Ryan. Ryan coming off his long run. Yeah. You go, Wade. Three minutes, uh, probably not enough time. But what it is, is I've, I've been in a corner in a world title fight and I felt robbed as myself, my brother and all sorts. And it happens to be the same referee this weekend. And I don't want to jump on referees. They've got a tough job. I talked to my brother this morning and he's... I do say this, all referees have got a tough job. But maybe, talking to my brother, they've got too much, not so much power, but they've got a lot going on. And why should they be the ones to stop the fight when you've got people in the corner and there's all these other people? But I need, I want boxing to have more Jack Reese referees so we can have better stories. Because if the the referee who was refereeing for my brother in his world title fight and the referee on Saturday, we do not see Tyson Fury resurrect and have one of the best performances and his career has changed all of it. And it seems a big thing to say, but I believe in that wholeheartedly. I believe referees have got a massive responsibility, especially in world title fights. You don't get lucky to get a world title fight. You have to work very hard. There's some great fights around it. We never had one. And you've just... And and also, it's all case by case. If you're a good referee and you're a professional referee, you should know better than anyone the opponent, the people that you're dealing with. And in Josh Warrington's case on the weekend, I'm really pissed off because we was robbed of a story one way or the other. Josh Warrington the, gets stopped on the bell. So the bell rings, you've got a minute to recover and you stop him. I cannot excuse that from a professional referee in any way. Because like my brother said to me, Football match, the team goes 3 0 up. The referee blows the whistle and says, Come on, lads, game over. You're 3 0 down. It's horrendous. And I know boxing is not a game, but it's a world title fight. We're meant to be warriors. We're meant to, you have to be willing to die in this sport. You have to be. I've always told my children, I've told my mum, Mum, if I died doing this, I died doing something I loved. It was a purpose. Don't rob me of dying a glorious death. Don't rob me of. And that's what a referee can do. If he's putting his heart on his sleeve, don't do that. I want a professional referee who's going to let me die in there because I chose that. No one forced me into the ring. I chose that I could die here. And Josh Warrington must have woke up Sunday morning dying that he wasn't given the opportunity to show everybody. I wasn't done. And I don't think he was. A minute for a fit man, a minute for a fit human, because I've seen it with my brother. We'd, if, if that referee refereed Liam and Appleby, we don't get fight of the year. That referee could have stopped him on his feet. No. Stop me on my back. Stop me when the count gets to 10. Do not stop me because you're feeling sorry for me. Don't stop. We've got three men. In my, in my brother's one, the reason I'm so passionate about this referee thing, I've never got over what happened with my brother in his world title fight. Yes, he was probably going to get knocked out, but let him get knocked out. 
with three men in our corner there, let my brother live and die by the sword. Do not. And that's what really irked me with Warrington. It's the same referee. It's the same type of thing. And it's pissed me off because I'm passionate about this thing of ours. I'm yeah, waiting for that bell uh, to ring so I could go on all day. <laughs> I only saw the fight because my dog was going nuts in the after one thing and another. I only watched the first two rounds. I watched the ending on Twitter. Um, only from the one angle I've seen it from, and I've only seen it once, I made the referee right. Um, I, he's got, I think the referee's gone on when he had his back to him and his legs were staggering. And then you did see Josh, as he approached the corner, sort of say to him, I can't believe that's happened. But that is the only angle I've seen it from. So that's my initial thought on it. What was you, John? I, I can't go to Valencia, Ryan, because I've never been there myself. But I agree 100% with what you said. Josh should have had a minute. He he beat Maquette. He got That was a tremendous combination he got up from there. That was fight-ending stuff for most people. But he bounced up. He was good. He, he walked to his corner. And we've seen people able to carry on in worse situations than that. Now, I text Josh yesterday morning. And he said... I had a smile. Watch it. He said, I had a smile on my face. I was pissed off because I knew I'd made yes. a mistake. Yeah. He said, I was leaning I on the ropes. He said, I heard the bell going. I was leaning on the ropes because I knew the bell had gone. I knew I had my minute rest. I was waiting for the stool to come in. As you see, a lot of fighters do. A lot of fighters hold the ropes while they wait for the stool to come in. He said, I turned around at eight. Never didn't pay much mind to it. And the fight was already off. So, But I deserve the way the fight was going. I know it's not the referee. The referee doesn't think like this in the moment. But the way the fight was going, the, the fact that the bell had already gone, the fact that Josh had beat the count and he wasn't all over the place, he should have been given a minute. And the referee could have stopped him within 10 seconds of the next round if he had to. Yeah, no problem. No controversy. And that's what bugged me because we've been robbed of more of the story. The story just started. We've had one guy start well, the other guy looking like he's going to stop him. The other guy knocks him down because Wood can knock you out the ring. Wood can knock you out. Wood can finish fights. But we got robbed before we even got a chance. And it bugged me because, yes, my brother, I talked to my brother this morning, he's probably going to get knocked out in the next round, in the next salvo. So what? Let him do it. We, we don't go into that ring saying, oh, Seb, it's a world title fight as well. Let's get this on the line as well. This isn't just a standard. And this is a world champion, a two-time world champion. If anyone deserves a break, or a little bit of luck, or at least one minute to try and recover. It's what, and he's one of the fittest boxing, British boxing for me. Josh Warrington, look at his output, look at the way he fights, look at the shape of the man. Um, I can't, I won't take nothing away from Lee Wood. No, nothing. Fair play to him. He's, he's pulling it out the bag when it looks dead, but it's so frustrating as a boxing fan to see a man robbed of an opportunity to do something that you go, wow, fair play to you. You know, it, the story was just. He just ended the story. And another thing, one thing I will add as well, Reese, I'm so passionate. Not only do you have, in my brother's situation, he had his two brothers and his trainer he's been with for 20 years. So you've got the three most closest people who do not want to see him get up. I don't want to see my brother get up. I don't want to see him have any... I don't want to have this conversation eight years later or wherever it is. I've still got a big grudge with Alexander. I have because I just think, you robbed us, man. You're going to get knocked out. That's easy. Yeah, my brother got knocked out. He's beat by the better man, elite fighter. No problem. But that isn't the case here. That probably was going to be the case. But you've left that question mark forever. And Josh Warrington's got that question mark forever. You can't you can't replay. You can't go back in time. And for the referee, these air-class star referees, to think that they can't give a fighter of that, of that calibre a minute to have a chance. Because if he wobbles out the corner, stop him then. You've got yeah. he, He's heard the clacker. Ten seconds left. You've heard the bell. 
and you know he's got a minute and you stop him. That's three big mistakes. Clacker, up, bell, up, corner, stop. That's a boo-boo. And I do think they should come down hard on things like that because give him a minute. And more than that, last point on this, this what the Americans call a ringside physician. There is a doctor, a head specialist doctor, sat at ringside. Is it? Uh, we've seen it with cuts. If this was a cut, what happens? They go to the corner, they get a minute, and then someone comes over and looks at the cut. What's the difference between a cut, a concussion, and a knockdown? It's all damage. So let's treat it the same. And yeah, I just I'm good for Josh. I hope he just watch this because I'm happy for League for to be able to pull out things, and I've got nothing against League, but I think Josh has been robbed of just an opportunity to to put himself in a British fight of the year. Because if he gets up, goes on and wins after that. You've got all that drama. You just robbed a drama. And I'm a huge boxing fan. I don't want to see anything controversial. I don't. I want to see it clean cut, full stop. And that wasn't. That was a comma. Right. You know, well, that... <laughs> look, you spoke from the heart. You care. It was brilliant. Thank you, Ryan, for that massive contribution. But now we're going to move on. to still on that fight, so to speak. I'm going to talk about Lee Wood. And just one of your thoughts on him. I'm just finding him more and more quite remarkable that... It took him like eight, nine years to get where he is. And it, you talk of great stories. What he's done is a fantastic story. I'm going back to the night he that Josh lost to Maurizio Lara. I think it was that, Bill John, correct me, when he beat Reese Mould, was that it? Yeah, stopped him, looked really yeah. good. Looked you know what? But, but even for four rounds in that fight, he looked terrible, I thought. I remember the first four rounds, I was thinking Reese was going to win. And, is, and also, oh, no. this guy bounces back. Oh, I did. I thought the first four rounds, I thought Reese was competitive with him. Really? I just, I, I think with Lee Wood, there's a gap there, like yeah. between oh, the was was made the gap, the, Yeah, the gap was proven in the end, the way he fell away. But I yeah. just thought even then, there was nothing there to suggest he would become this sensation. He then lost that fight to Jazza. Um, and then Lara, the way he bounced back from that. And now he's pulled this out of the bag the other night against the Warrington. Who was, you know, okay, we've got the controversy whether he agreed, disagree. But that, you know, he went and he still went on floor and badly hurt. You disagree with the stop and stop the other night. The guy was showing his best form since the Frampton fight. And who was the Frenchman he fought? Dufayne Takushi. That yeah, was a Warrington of 2017, 2018. He beat the other night. I just think he's quite remarkable, the Conlon fight. And I just think he's just become a remarkable professional. And it's just, Quite sad that he's not a mainstream name. Um, I think if he was a London fighter, people would just be waxing lyrical about him forever. But because he's from Nottingham, I just think he's in the Midlands. You look how long it took Carl Frotch to emerge, being from a smaller city. Just with your thoughts on Lee Wood. Yeah, I I, I love watching him. I, and if, do you know what? He's the best featherweight in the world, isn't he? No matter what we think of a finish on at weekend, he's beaten Kanzu. Michael Conlon, uh, Maurizio Lara and Josh Warrington. In incredible. And he's done three of those this year. No, he's beat Lara, fought Lara twice, come back from a devastating defeat, beat him and beat Warrington in eight months. Nobody does and that in a minute on the world scene. It, it, his, his turnaround is incredible. Me and Ryan were talking about the night he boxed uh, McDonald. Mc Must be eight yeah. or nine years oh, ago. Oh, God, now. that was... No, that's longer than that. Jamie McDonald. Yeah. That's when he fought. Long time ago. But he looked great for six rounds and fell apart because he was doing super bantam. Yeah, and if you said it, well, it's going to take this kid 10 years to get to this level and this is the standard he'll be, 
I wouldn't have ever believed you. He was believe, I believe no, it. No. He was he was in star. I think he was eight stone nine that night. He was 121 <laughs> yeah, was, pound he got for that fight. He's one of the biggest. When he first, I've, I've known Wood a long, long time and um, I sparred him and you knew he was good. Him and Gallagher, we could come down to our Norwich gym. We only had one spar between me, Liam, him. And you both, you knew they were both going to be good fighters. I didn't know they were both going to be world champions, but they had they had pedigree. They were very good. And Lee Wood hasn't changed a lot since then. He's been long, spiteful, and there's a certain range where when he hits you, you, you know you've been it and that's proven now as a featherweight, but I just, I smiled there. That I, I, I'm a bit good as well. I did tell this, John, it's been by far the best British featherweight scene in my time of, or in any of the history. I know we had Naz, he was like an outlier and he was so much better than everybody in Britain. But right now in Britain, if you think, because when John's talking, and you're talking about him here now, I can't knock anything and I don't want to, but Jazza Dickens still beats him because Jazza yeah. Dickens has a style do you know what I mean? How crazy is that? That we're saying how good Lee Wood is. We've seen that Pump Warrington was possibly going to be him, but he knocked him, he got the knockout win. But Jazza still beats probably both of them. And Jazza doesn't even get in the conversation because he's a Liverpool lad who doesn't talk rubbish and whatever. But it's this politics thing with boxing that's what annoys me about the game. We've got some, we've had a fantastic run of featherweight champions. I wish I would have got to fight more of them. But if you think Selby, Warrington, Frampton, Jazza, Lee Wood, that's five Wait. genuine. Scott Sorry, Quigg. Man. Scott Quigg. Yeah. Scott Quigg was a featherweight, but he was probably more successful. Super Vander. Scott Quigg he did have a good fight yeah. with Valdez. Didn't I? I think he failed the weight for Valdez. I feel like he did. But yeah, we've just had probably one of the best crops of featherweights. I was I was happy to be some tiny part and get to fight one or two of them. I'd love to fight them all. Me and Wood had chances to fight. I just think it's, it's a statement when you can say the best featherweight in the world is probably British. And then there's a featherweight that people aren't even talking about. It's probably still bit. I would still say would beat him. I was there live when I think he probably could have got the stoppage. I think the referee got in another time when a referee made an indecision. I was there commentating. I was a commentator. I said, wait a minute. He just cost him five grand. We don't do standing counts. You watch the Lee Wood Jazza fight and Jazza's got him all but done on his feet. And that's where I'll give Lee Wood his biggest credit. When I've been there live, I heard a comment once when my brother did a quiet comment from... People that shouldn't have said it, but the comment was, he can't fight. And I said this to Liam this morning, can lie, and he went, oh, he can fight, but his best attribute actually isn't in the mix of a fight. There's a certain range, like we said on the on Saturday, but when he hits you, he's got really good power at that range. Up close, you can outfight him and out-hustle him. Warrington was proving that. Jazz has proved it. McDonald showed it. But what he seems to be able to do, and you can only credit him, is get through them hard times, which he didn't do with McDonald, probably because of the weight, and give McDonald his credit. I was there live for that fight, mate, because my brother Faisal's opponents. On that fight, McDonald just outlasted him because McDonald's super fit and he's really tough like his brother. And he, he, he for a man who, who, if he had any weight problems, he was going to find him on that night with him because he took a licking early on McDonald. He took a licking because Lee Wood is big, spiteful, but he's actually not. His best attribute isn't a fight in the fight. He can fight without a doubt because he proved that with Jazza as well. I, I do give him lots of props and he has, like you said, who would have thought he was going to be the best featherweight in the world right now? Because I actually don't still think he is. It's crazy, isn't it? I give him all the props. I give him all the applause. Yeah. I still say Jazza would beat him. I think Warrington was on his way to beat him. But here we go. That's why, that's why right. we love boxing, right? Right, round three. Yeah, one of us. We just sit here tonight. We can just go downstairs and have a coffee, John, while Ryan just... As he says, sorry, fantastic. sorry, lads. Ah, yeah, don't ever say sorry, sorry, mate. People want to hear you more than me. 
John, round three, Carl Tao fights. And as soon as you tell me this topic, I had three that come up. Yeah, everyone knew Wood and Warrington was going to be a banger, didn't they? And I was just thinking of other fights that we, we you could even think of now. And by the time you got in the ring, it wouldn't disappoint. You, you get Fury Usyk, everyone wants to see it, but it could easily be a stinker, couldn't it? And Buatsi Aziz, I think, will be a good fight, but I could easily see as Buatsi showing his class and running away with it. But how about Josh Taylor against Avanesian? Oh, how about yeah, that for a very match? And the other one that's come up is Dennis McCann against Andrew Kane. How about that one? Yeah, yeah well... Yeah, well. My, I'll give you one, Jim. What's going to happen? Nick Bullock, dog face. I mean, that's yeah. Be, that I will be K brilliant. Kakashi and Ghana is going to be great fun. And you know yes. what? I found there's a little one at near it. Look, a little one. It's for a Commonwealth title. I'm looking forward to Louis Green and Sam Gilly. Oh, yeah. Gilly's always in the Commonwealth Super Walk away. Gilly come whack. Louis oh, Green, yeah, 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 yeah. That... he's got on the road, won the title in Scotland. That is going to be, it's one of those fights that's going so far under the radar, it's not going to be broadcast anywhere, but that is a great fight. That is a fun, I'm not saying they're going to be world champions, but that's a really good fight. And they're the three that come to my mind straight away. Showing my nerveness, I suppose, talking Louis Green and Sam Gilly, I guess. Well, what, what's, what's the count fouls for you, Ryan? I haven't really got any that I could bet. I've enjoyed all the ones that you just said, lads, and I think you're right. I, I, I couldn't agree more with John with the Usyk. And, but the Boazzi Aziz is one that I'm really interested because I think if Aziz can put his style on Boazzi, Boazzi's going to have to show something he's never had to show. He's going to be in the fire because Aziz yeah. has got one way to win, which is to get close. So if Boazzi doesn't, if Boazzi hasn't got the, it's not the, but that's, said something to me a long time ago, which is an interesting thing to say from someone who hasn't had a professional fight and he's done only a little bit of sparring. He said, the thing about boxing, at some point in, in, in a boxing match, a fight will break out. So if you can't fight, you kind of in trouble. And that's what we'll find out, I think, with the Aziz Boazzi fight. A fight will break out. And if Boazzi can't fight to the level of Aziz, it's big trouble. But, but uh, I think you might be right, John. He's got that. He's got a very good skill set and maybe he can navigating yeah. but we'll see that's why we love boxing boxers fighters we love we love seeing that yeah yeah it, it, is a, it, I can say. it is a it is a, it could easily be a, a, a be more one-sided than we think and fury usick as i said it could just be a horrible clash of styles but sometimes you can see it on paper steve knows the kind of fights i like yeah and oh, that, you can just see on paper but week. it's going to be a cracker before it even gets underway yeah out of all them Right. Go on, Steve. Round next four round. Is, round four, state of boxing. Ryan, we'll just sit here for three minutes or longer. <laughs> oh, well, I alluded to it at the stand. Please get me when I get too far because I do love this spot. And I don't want to know anyone watching and think, oh, he's just, he's he, he, like, I've got a, I got a chip on my shoulder about boxing. I just want it to be run more professionally from the ground up. I want people to get the buzz out of it that I get when. I suppose when I look back in some ways, I mean, I'd like to see 15 rounds, smaller gloves. I'd like to see, I'd like to see it stop being so soft. I mean, it bugs me. This, this is this is a hard spot, and it's a spot that I love. And and what got me on the state of boxing is when my girlfriend, who's as casual as they come, made a statement. Like I said at the start of the show, that boxing has become too scripted. Is she used the word scripted? She doesn't really know much about it. 26 years a nurse. She, but when I was listening to her and, and the YouTube influence and I am a purist, I'm a massive boxing fan. I understand change. 
But we're going to change it. Let's change it in the right ways. Let's stop having 15 belts. I mean, I've, I've fought for a nothing belt and I'll never, you never hear me saying I've done this. Let's have some pride in the, let's have some professionalism. It's, it's, it, oh, it bugs me that people, that this, this idea, the idea of boxing is the best idea I've ever heard. You've got two men who are going to go away for a certain amount of time, turn up and entertain everybody and give their all in front of people. Like gladiators, modern day gladiators. And then it's ruined by soft referees. It's ruined by corrupt governing bodies. It's ruined by this narrative that you can be a YouTuber and come and fight a professional. You can be a... It doesn't happen in other sports. Why does it happen in our sport? Because it's it's more of a business and it and it's it's something that... I don't know, it started to bug me. When she said that, that half gave me a sleepless night, that this sport of ours, this thing that I love, has become a kind of a, a joke and a shun... The reason it will always be one of the... Every, the reason boxing is so good is we all grew up. We all have been on a playground. And if there's a fight, what's going to happen? Everyone's going to turn up, get in that circle and watch that fight. And that's then took to professional because I think humans love to see a fur-controlled bit of aggression and cheer on the man. And and it just... The state of boxing is at a point where it's become clowned and it's become clowned due to your YouTube influence, due to your stupid rules due to your stupid bodies due to the cheats and that's another thing she said after saying that and giving me a sleep tonight we go on this walk and she said you know what I'd like to just see sportsmen who are doing human things and in, in, not she didn't say it like this but I knew what she meant and it's what I've been saying to her really I'd like to see humans doing superhuman things without drugs and that's another reason I, I in sports in general bugs me because I look at everyone and I doubt everybody and yeah I don't want to run onto it too much but Boss. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> I think you've summed it up pretty well there. And you know what? I think a lot of it before we move to the next topic. I think a lot of it also you thought we're out the clown because it wants to appeal to the YouTube generation who want everything yesterday. That's where they're trying to appeal to. But mm-hmm. And do you know the other the other part of YouTube that I think is ruining it? The uh, the interviewers who are just like little gossip girls in the um, in the playground, oh. going, with going, going, going interviewing Eddie Earn and saying, Stop. "Eddie, have you heard what Frank said?" And then going to Frank and saying, "Frank, have you heard what Eddie said?" And all they're doing is passing messages like little schoolgirls. John, I'll tell you what's doing me more. Maybe because I'm old, I'm old school from another generation. Um, it's not how I was educated in journalism. We're really also in an era where. Well, it doesn't help the sport where the journalists are being made out to be the stars. You know, I said this last week on there. Your opinion might matter as a journalist, but what you you don't fucking matter. You know, and I think that's another problem. You see some fight weeks and there's more journalists being interviewed than fighters, but there you go, that's just me. And I, 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 don't, that I, don't think a lot of, I, I don't think a lot of them have ever been in a gym properly. They might turn up in a gym with a camera, but they don't know how to act in a gym. They don't know how, how no. to act around the fighters and around no, fights. Yes, we no. don't realise how serious it is. We don't realise how hard it is. We just see little gossip. We see little arguments on the internet. Turn up and think, I can do that. This is and just start acting shit, like a dick in front of these people. And I, this, I, think, I think that's ruining it as John, well. that's a great point. These, these guys are serious athletes. They're serious, serious hard men. And, they, and I think a lot of these guys think they're all comics because of these one-liners they make. But there you go. We better push on because of the time constraints <laughs> on this recording. <laughs> Round five, I'll be quick here. Billy Joe Saunders. Um, 
you know, he's obviously, you know, he's, he's been, away, been away for a while. Too, when I say been away, he's just been out, you know, out of boxing for two, about two and a half years. Is it two and a half years now? And, you know, he's been a lot more profile the last couple of weeks. He signed a boxer with another promoter last week who he's managing. Um, and he looks like he's coming back in December. It's just what it, what it holds for him after two and a half years out. I, I don't think he never get anywhere near to what he, what he was. Um, I'm just guessing that he's hoping to sort of get in somewhere on, on the Ben Eubank sort of gravy train because he's talking Charlo's Ben Benavides. I just don't see how that happens for him because he's remembered in America for his performance against Canelo that night. Um, I just wonder that where you think he goes in his career, fellas. Yeah, go on, mate. I'm absolutely, I'm absolutely shocked. I seen a video of him, and he must have been whew, 15, 16 stone. The thought that he'd be fighting, the thought that he signed. This is actually the first time hearing about it, and that is shocking. I've known Billy Joe for over twenty years. First time I ever met him, he told me in an amateur change room, I'm going to stop this this guy. You watch him, and he did. Um, I'm a fan of what he can do. He's a really good save boy, he can fight. But for him to be fighting again, that has actually shocked me because he was huge the last time I seen him. And um, like I couldn't agree with you more. I don't see him getting to them heights. And maybe that is the plan to try and somehow get a fight with Eubank because people would turn up to see that for sure. But size, weight, and weights and things, I just don't know how it would work. Where do you think yeah. where he goes, John? I've seen talks that in December he's going to be fighting at light heavyweight. You know, oh, because there you go then. Yeah. He, he can't make an impact at light heavyweight unless that's just a fight yeah. to get him back into action at like 170 before he gets down to super middle. But either, look, Billy Joe's not going to go the long call here, is he? And try and box his way yeah. into world title contention and mandatory shot. He, he, Billy Joe coming back for money. And I think... I think you've nailed it, to be honest. I think he's just coming back to try and try and get on the U-Bank train, to be honest. Yeah, I didn't see the lot of heavyweight thing. It was quite a lot. I remember when he was a middleweight, and I always thought then, if he dieted properly, and you know, um, he could even have done 11 stone. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure yeah. already. That's, it, that's, it, that's, that's easy for me to say. I'm not, I'm not in the dieting. I just think... Like, he, when he we say a light heavy contest, it might be 172 pounds, might, you know, to... Yeah. To start working down to one six eight, but uh, we'll see. I'll see it when I believe it. To be honest, yeah. Well, so. Final round, John. You touched on um, fights that you know that appeal to you, and this one I know is what is the sort of fight that you 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 really get excited about, John. Which one is it? Remind me, Steve. I've lost all my notes. Oh, here we go. You were, you mentioned it. Should be on the other day, Shiraz Williams. I'll give you the Shiraz Williams, of course, Shiraz Williams. I'll give you the DMA field up here. John Evans, Evans on Shiraz Williams. Let's talk about it, John. Shiraz Williams, we've talked about so many fights, they've all passed me by. But yeah, you know what? That came as a bit of a shock when we announced uh, Shiraz and Williams. Um, Shiraz has been getting a big build, hasn't he? You know, he's been positioned for a shot at his WBO title. And the fact that they've put him in with someone like Liam Williams, if Liam turns up on his game, he's a horrible hard night for anybody. And it is a step up for Hamza. You know, he's been, he got, um, he had the real problems with Bradley Skeet, didn't he? Then we saw him get put over about three fights ago. The last three fights, he's been fantastic. He's really looked the business. But this is a step up. Liam's going to be in last chance saloon. Liam's got to win. If Liam loses to Hamza, it's done for Liam. 
And with a world title fight just on the horizon, with a Denzel Bentley fight bubbling away, which we've seen seemingly been building towards, I was surprised that they've made this. Now, Steve said a few times on this, Frank Warren's an expert at picking the right time for the right fight against the right person. And I think it'll probably turn out that way. But it might be precarious for a couple of rounds. Yeah, I, I, I can't wait. I just hope we get a fully firing, fully motivated Liam Williams. Yeah, well, I mean, thanks. Frank's great at that. I think Bull Dog Bay's got shades of that in Frank. But what I will say, from the time at Box Nation when I was working for Frank and working closely with him, um, he's always been sold on Hamza from day one. Always been... I think I've said this to you before, John, as well. Yeah. You know, Frank gets certain fighters he is just attracted to from day one. You know, and if, you, if, if, that, if you're one of them fighters, you're very fortunate because Frank will, you know, he'll believe you and give you what he believes, the right fight, the right fight. And, he, and he, he's, he's mapped out that career perfectly. You know, there was the skate, but the last fight going to um, Poland, fighting a Ukrainian, and when you looked at the size difference, it was just perfect matchmaking to, to get him a, a stoppage win and people talking when he was the away fighter as such. Um, and I, I just think he's always believed in Shiraz, and this is, this, this is another one where he just feels right fight, right time. How do you see it, Brian? I, I I couldn't agree more. I think Frank is very good at that. He's he, he's he's very very good. He's got a very good record with it. But this is why we love boxing because I'm with John as well. That Liam Williams is just a hard night for anyone. And if he turns up up and decides no, you're not. I'm not going to be a stepping stone for you. He, I don't think any whatever Liam Williams turns up, it will be a hard night. I don't suspect anyone can just walk through. I know he. I know he's had a few performances before. Remind me of his last one, so. Well, the last big one was Eubank, where he... It was Eubank, yeah, the last fight. Yeah. I think the last fight, he stopped someone in a couple of rounds of French guy, didn't he, not so long ago? Yeah, but the last big one was Eubank, wasn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. Just yeah. himself. Yeah, it was a surprise, because Liam Williams is an hard man, and I think what Frank's done is, he's weighed it up. This is a name, this is a... So it is that stepping stone, but I just think... I'd never write Liam Williams off, and I'd never use him for that because you could get he could, that could bite you on the ass. But yeah, Frank's he's been in this game a long, long time. So if he thinks it's the right time, you suspect he could be. But I won't be surprised if Liam Williams could, yep. you know, upset the apple cart. You, you know what? I think the press conference is this Wednesday, and Liam will have convinced himself by going there. You know, they're just frying me in here, and it's the sort of thing he will get sparked up by that press conference. You know, Shiraz does love a hand. He's, he, yeah, he plays. He plays his image perfectly, Shiraz. He always wears off More often than not, you see him in a really smart suit at the press conferences. You could just see that's the sort of thing. Liam will get riled because he's, you know, he's former promoter, Frank Warren, who he's spent for a long time. He's bringing him in basically to, to hope, hoping he gets beaten because he obviously handles his man. You know, that's what boxing is. Yeah, you know? this is exactly it. And maybe if that doesn't inspire Liam, nothing would. So I know it'd inspire yeah. me if he was going to. Try and feed me to someone. I'd be very right. Give, give, yeah. give us a story, Ryan. You must have turned up for a fight one time, knowing, having a very clear and knowing that you would be away, man. Here. Come on, give us a. It was, you got I'll two minutes, Ryan. How long? You got two minutes about. And we've got to say two minutes. This one is passionate. This this one's passionate, John, and it's the total <laughs> opposite. I turned up the British champion, thinking I'm the fucking man. They sat me on the left side of the table on the loose. Side, my brother starts sits on the right side. Liam, another champion, another champion, and it was 
Surely at that moment, I looked right, looked left. They put me on the loser's side. Frank Warren put me against the Irish guy to James Tennyson. And I have never been so inspired. I remember thinking, you're going to put me on the loser's side. You want me to feel like a loser? And I think in that fight, I did go in the red corner. That's another thing about the state of boxing. Fuck them corners off. Don't give the judges the easy nights to say, oh, blue corner's meant to win. So when I get a close round, I've got blue corner. Absolute joke. I still haven't had an apology from my referee. Watched the Bellotti, my, my fight against Bellotti, and the referee, Ian John Lewis, scored that fight to Bellotti. I won nine of 12 rounds. That's another step of boxing where I've gone to it. But sitting back on that table, I'll never forget. Is it done? Is it gone? Oh, oh, you got another, another, give us another 30 seconds. Go on, upside down, whatever. <laughs> it, was, it, it was the best. It was the best, right? Because I was sat there. And it wasn't until being on that table when I looked at my brother as champion and another champion. And wait a minute, I'm a champion. Why aren't I sat on that side? We all know it works. And it was it was really good for me. It actually helped me a lot because I thought, I'll show you. And if Liam Williams gets that type of attitude, we'll watch out for him because as a fighter, there's nothing... I was the home fighter. I was the Frank Warren fighter. <laughs> and I'm looking around and I'm the champion. I'm like, well, why am I sat here? And I told Liam, I looked at it and it was so good. Liam's opponent was... My size, he fought Troy James, and my opponent was a little bit taller than Liam. And I said to Liam, we've done it perfect, because I sparred Liam hard, he sparred me hard. And he was nothing on my brother. Most of the people I fought are nothing on my brothers. So I was always had an advantage. I've still not fought anyone better than Liam. And who can hit out of the mic? I've been blessed in boxing. But that was the story of sitting there, didn't know I was the aware fighter as champion. That's rare, isn't it? before we cut off I've got to thank you Ryan for coming on I hope we get you on again in a couple of months because you speak like you care you're moving about you're brilliant on it fantastic <laughs> having you on this John thank you as always you've had a really easy night tonight John on the pod no guests here we've got to rev up you just bring Ryan Walsh up every time it's something <laughs> a referee does something controversial he disagrees with fellas yeah. thanks for coming on and thank you, everyone, thank for, you. for listening. Thank you very much. Cheers. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.